Hello and welcome to the PHBC Pastors Podcast, where we seek to bring biblical and pastoral insight to everyday issues for the people of PHBC. I'm Brian. He really is Brian, folks. I don't know if you can see it from where you're sitting, but he is. And that's Brian over there. And today we are continuing our Christmas Bible study series. So if you're but, with but are you really Brian or are you Timothy? Which one are you? Because your proper name is Timothy, is it not? My proper name? Is that your first name is no, Timothy? No, my first name is Brian. My middle name is Timothy. Your middle name is Timothy. I thought yeah. your first name was Timothy. Really? Ladies and gentlemen, this is a shocking revelation that I'll have to speak to my therapist more about later, but for now, we're going to be in Luke 1 today. So last week we were in Matthew 1, we looked at the genealogy of Jesus to kick off this study. Today we're in Luke 1, looking at the foretelling of Jesus' birth. And so if you have a Bible, and uh, as Pastor Brian says, I hope you do, um, open with us and we'll we'll read together and uh, just have some fun going through some of these Christmas stories. So uh, we'll pick up in Luke 1. 1 verse 26 and just read this section so here we go in the sixth month the angel gabriel was sent from god to a city of galilee named nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was joseph of the house of david and the virgin's name was mary and he came to her and said greetings o favored one the lord is with you but she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to try to discern what sort of greeting this might be And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? The angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. So here we have the angel Gabriel visiting this young Mary, giving her uh, well, quite the uh, quite the message. So we'll we'll just kind of walk through this passage together and and see what we can take from it. So so PB, get us started. What's what's something that stands out to you that uh, that you find interesting, that you find noteworthy? Just what, what's something to kick us off on this passage? Well, there's a lot here. Obviously, I don't know where we where you'd want to start. I suppose we could just start at the very. Um, at the very beginning seems like a good place to start yeah um, so the sixth month um, is would be a, a reference to to where Elizabeth is in her gestation with uh, John the Baptist who's in her womb right now but that um, you know we 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 learn here that um, Mary is a virgin she's betrothed which so in our in our yeah, context, what's we, that mean? So she's legally married in every sense, except um, they haven't consummated the marriage, so they have not um, um, sealed marriage through intercourse. And so, but in society, everybody understands she's Joseph's wife. Hmm. Um, and so it's more than, you know, sometimes it was kind of like they're engaged. It's much more than engaged yeah. um, uh, to, to break off a betrothal 
would be akin to a divorce. Mm. And so, so they, they are legally bound to one another um, in their culture. And um, we learn here, David, excuse me, Joseph of the house of David. So that's important that, uh, that uh, Jesus is going to ultimately come through the house of David. Um, but I always find it fascinating when, whenever an angel appears in Scripture, the very first thing that we learn is that the human being to whom the angel appears is scared to death. Yeah. And so we saw that, well, we didn't see it, you didn't read that, but just earlier in the, in the same chapter when the angel appears to Zechariah, um, the same thing happens to him in, in verse 12 of chapter 1. Zechariah is troubled and fear comes over him. And the angel always has to say, you know, fear not, and it's okay. And so um, I think we have this picture of angels in our mind of these little cute little cherubs <laughs> with, uh, you know, with wings and just they flutter around. But um, uh, the scripture would seem to portray a different, not to say that there may not be angels like that, but the angels that appear to humans appear to be uh, terrifying, uh, yeah. at least in our human um, uh, perception of them. Read through Ezekiel's presentation of angels and then try to go to sleep at night. It's uh, No, I think that's a good word. We can't allow our culture or kind of the popular image of angels to influence our reading of Scripture. Instead, we need the reverse to happen. Scripture must be the influencer, and so we should allow it to speak. Um, yeah, that's great. And then, interesting how this angel, Gabriel in particular, greets Mary. Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. And this idea of one finding favor with the Lord, you can go all the way back to Noah um, in the beginning of Genesis with this descriptor of favor. Pastor Brian, what, what does it mean to have favor with God? Um, well, in the Old Testament, so with, with favor, um, speaking here just not having studied it recently, but I believe the word favor is is, is akin to the word we have grace mm. in, in the in the Old Testament um, and so I don't want, don't want to say too much about that because then I'll be proven to be wrong since I haven't uh, studied it recently uh, but the but the point here is that 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 the Lord has well you know that idea that he's showing favor to you that he's showing grace that he's this is um, God has bestowed on you it's not something that you've earned yeah. it's something that God has given to you and so you found favor with God. It's not, oh, Mary, you are so, so high and above everybody, every other young girl in this area. And, and to, to remember, she is a young girl. She's a teenager mm -hmm. um, when this is happening. Uh, probably a fairly young teenager, 14 years old-ish. We don't know for sure exactly how old, but just based on the custom of the times, that's probably what she was. Um, and it's it's not that... not. And this is not to belittle Mary in any in any sense of the word, but to understand that when she has been shown favor, it's not because again she was head and shoulders above all the other fourteen-year-old girls. Mm -hmm. It's because God, in His grace, uh, gave her something that she didn't deserve, um, and that would be to become uh, the mother of our Lord Jesus. Yeah, and I think we see that clearly here because in verse thirty, that particular component is reemphasized. So again, do not be afraid, Mary. For you have found favor with God. So Gabriel repeats himself, showing that Mary has been the recipient of God's grace, of God's favor in this instance. And what that favor is, is carried into the next verse. Yep. Behold, and, and behold, so you have found favor, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. And so this is uh, 
an explanation of what that favor is. There you go. Um, is that you're going to be the mother of Jesus. Wonderful. And so who will this Jesus be? 32. Great, called Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. So again, going back to verse 27, we see the connection of Joseph to David. Now that is applied to Jesus, um, who will receive the throne, and then whose reign on that throne over the house of Jacob will be forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Um, Pastor Brown, what's that, what's that look like? Because I don't know of any throne in Jerusalem where Jesus sits on. You know, uh, you've been to Jerusalem. Did you see this throne? Is, does Jesus remain seated, you know, in between the... Uh, I did. The, oh, you it's, did? It's, oh, it's right there. Well, then, dear listeners, I apologize. I stand corrected. <laughs> well, what's, what's Luke talking about here? What, what's, what's Gabriel pointing to um, in this telling of Mary about this eternal reign of, of Jesus? Well, he's talking about the, the role of... Um, the Messiah, the, the the one who's to come, the one who's going to sit on the eternal throne of God, not um, not a, a, an earthly throne, so to speak. Um, although his throne certainly does in, encompass the earth, and that is that he is Lord over the earth as mm -hmm. well. Um, but we're not talking about a physical place on earth. Rather, this is a his heavenly throne. It's a uh, it's a throne to. Um, to ascribe to the deity of Jesus, that he is King Jesus, he is Lord Jesus, he is the Son of God, um, so God in the flesh, and so as such he is um, the eternal Lord, and he will sit on the eternal throne forever and ever. Wonderful, thank you for that. Uh, so uh, just a, a stunning picture of who this Jesus is to be. Um, Mary could have taken this any number of directions. She goes the very practical, kind of in-your-face approach. Um, we'll get to all the other things, but uh, I'm a virgin, so how will I bear a son? A fairly natural question for one to ask. Um, and uh, how does Gabriel respond to her, PB? Well, he tells her that how she's going to... So she wonders how how is, how is she as a virgin going to conceive, and he explains that uh, that the Holy Spirit is going to overcome, um, is going to overshadow her, or come upon her, and and and, um, and that she will be born, uh, that the child will be conceived in that way. And this is super important. Some people want to say, well, you know, the virgin birth isn't that really isn't mm. critical to the Christian to the Christian faith. It's absolutely critical to the Christian faith. If you lose the virgin birth, uh, you uh, the whole the whole structure begins to just to crumble from the virgin birth and so this is a central doctrine to the faith um, I always find it interesting by the way for people to say well virgins can't conceive I just don't understand how you could believe in that a virgin can conceive as if that's that would be the biggest miracle that God I mean if, if God is able to speak and everything come into being if he's able to create ex nihilo out of nothing um, then I'm pretty sure you know, having a virgin conceive is Pretty much, it's pretty low on the totem pole, so to speak, of mm. of, of miracles that he can do. Um, and so, yes, it's a miracle. Of course, it's a miracle that a virgin would conceive. So, we, we I gladly to those doubters out there who say, "Well, I just don't know how that." Yeah, it, a miracle happened, mm. um, and praise be to God for that miracle. Um, but it is so. This this it helps. Um, in any number of ways, it it helps us understand something of what Jesus, what it means for that Jesus is both God mm -hmm. and man, yep. 
Um, it helps us also to understand something of what it means that he is without sin, even from the moment of conception, because of his, uh, because of the supernatural uh, conception that he is not as uh, David would um, lament in Psalm 51, mm. conceived in sin. Jesus, yeah. Jesus is not conceived in sin, so he doesn't have um, a fallen nature. Um, he never did have a fallen nature from the moment of his conception, and um, and so. So the virgin birth is just is very central. It's very very important, um, but yeah, it happens when the spirit of God um, overshadows Mary and she conceives Jesus in her womb. And so it wasn't through any natural relations with Joseph. Yeah. Um, although we would want to disagree with um, um, with Catholic doctrine here, yeah. because Catholic do- doctrine would would teach that she is a perpetual virgin. That that Mary was. Uh, that yeah, so she remained a virgin throughout her life, and we don't believe that. We don't. We believe that the Bible actually teaches that Joseph and Mary um, had natural children, if you will, um, uh, through through a, through their natural relationship with one another as husband and wife. Um, so Jesus had siblings. Yeah. Um, we would use in our in our everyday saying we would say he had a half brother and, <laughs> and half sisters, right? Hey, yeah. um, but nevertheless, he, he did have siblings. And so she wasn't a perpetual virgin, but she was a virgin at his conception. And that is critically important for the, um, for the biblical storyline. Indeed it is. A helpful summary of that important doctrine. Thank you for that. Um, Gabriel backs up this claim by showing that God has already proven himself able to provide this miraculous conception with Mary's relative Elizabeth, who despite being well advanced in years, um, is now pregnant and already entering the third trimester. So Mary's going to go visit her shortly. Um, John the Baptist in the womb is going to just flip out over the presence of his Lord. Um, so that's just a really cool thing. We'll, we'll leave that for another time. Um, so just, again, showing that God is able to do these miraculous things, even in the realm of conception. Um, but what I want to finish our time on is verse 38, how Mary concludes this. So she's visited by an angel. She freaks out, she's told not to be afraid, told what's going to happen, asks how that will be, given an explanation for that. And so her final comment to um, everything that's happened, verse 38, And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. That's right. Do you find this a helpful posture for us to have when it comes to the work of God? What, what can we take away from Mary's response to the angel's word of God to her? Well, I think that response kind of helps what, what some of our listeners might be wondering as well, if they're familiar with the story. Again, earlier in chapter 1, when uh, Zacharias, when he questions the angel, how, you know, how, is this, you know, how is this going to happen about he and his wife um, having, uh, Elizabeth having a baby because they're advanced in years, um, ultimately he's struck with uh, muteness, uh, where he's not able to speak until after John is born. Um, but when Mary questions here, um, they say, "Well, why? Why was Mary allowed to question, and and John, or excuse me, Zechariah, not allowed to question?" Mm. And um, well, we get a picture of more a posture of her heart here. Her heart is. Um, it wasn't a doubting kind of question when she says, you know, how will this be since I'm a virgin? She's just asking a, a matter-of-fact question. You know, virgins don't conceive, and so how am I going to have a baby if I'm a virgin? Because that, that doesn't happen. Um, you know, that's biologically impossible, whereas, you know, old people conceiving is certainly rare, 
um, but it's not biologically impossible if we understand how that happens. Yeah. Uh, Mary's heart, rather, was was to so her question wasn't, you know, you know I, I don't think this can happen. Her question more was, how is that possible? So we see in verse thirty-eight that her question really is, or that her posture, her heart posture is that she's a servant of the Lord, and whatever the Lord says, she's willing to do whatever whatever God uh, calls her to do. And so to get now to back to your question, then that's exactly the heart attitude that we ought to have, that whatever the Lord calls us to do, uh, that we say, you know, I'm your servant. Mm. Um, I belong to you, and I'll do whatever you ask me to do. And so that's a wonderful heart, heart posture for all of us to have. And a wonderful note for us to end on. So listeners, thank you for your time. Hopefully you enjoyed this Bible study. I certainly did. Um, We'll be back next week with more in our Christmas series. So uh, keep your Bibles close and uh, be sure to join us next Monday. So thank you for your time. This has been the PHBC Pastors Podcast.